0: All right, guys, Um, we are back out of this week, still plying our two-ply on our great wheel. I think that, well, actually, this morning I wanted to use one of my treadle wheels and uh, actually spin some singles without using a carter. Since you have both hands available because the wheel is foot-powered, you can go ahead and um, pull the locks apart by hand while you're drafting and it's pretty neat but uh, we weren't done with this um, 2-ply so I did want to get it off of the Lazy Kate and finish it up um, before we switch to a treadle wheel but probably next week we'll be doing a a treadle wheel. I like the treadle wheels and uh, they're so small that you do not have to, they're about the size of a suitcase, um, standing at, like, one of those bags that you stand up and then you roll with you. Um, And so you can, like, haul them around without worrying about um, having to fold them up. So you can just, like, keep them stood up all the time, which is nice. Now, like, with most of those, treadle wheels I've designed, the ones I build myself, um, I make it where you can pull the stem up out of the base and so it will lay flat and like slide under something, but uh, actually I don't end up doing that most of the time. The idea is so that you can put it under a bed, but uh, again, it's just not necessary in my situation and I don't find myself ever doing it but uh, I did want people to have kind of that availability so that it doesn't have to sit um, in its own spot and take up space because where this one kind of folds flat and will lean against the wall or slide under a bed that one actually uh, just has to be like set in a corner or somewhere out of the way so that it doesn't uh, take up room in the center of your floor. But it is easy, once you're ready to spin with it, you just grab it and carry it over to your chair and you're good to go. So, uh, like, that's nice. Um, but I'm always thinking about people with uh, limited space, because uh, that's the great thing about knitting. Well. I would like to say that knitting can be done with very little living quarter space, but I think we all know that knitting leads to very large stashes that take over your space pretty quickly. But um, if, that, if that weren't the case, if you could only have the yarn that you were currently working on, plus your um, couple needles in a bag and uh, maybe your latch hook and your scissors then uh, it doesn't take up that much space and it's a nice hobby for somebody to have even if they're limited on room but a lot of times spinning isn't the same deal so you've got these people who are really deep in the fiber arts but being able to produce their own yarn is just something that's not available to them because Of the uh, limited space they have and I don't like that so I try to make allowances when I'm creating a design for a wheel that uh, somebody with not a lot of room can still enjoy and become you know a spinner or continue to spin even after they've like maybe went to assisted living or went off to college Sometimes college is assisted living. We're getting a nice cob here. That's probably 150 yards of two ply fingering weight. Um, Normally I spin about a light fingering. This feels more like a a fingering. Um, maybe it's edging towards a heavy fingering, but it is a solid yarn and, uh, I'm liking it. I'm not really a hundred percent sure where these quills come from. What I do is I spin singles and spin singles and spin singles just all the time. And I'm just like throwing them in bags as I get around 200 yards on a quill. And then when I'm ready to ply, I can from two singles but I also like when I get to the end of one I can just splice in the beginning of a new quill um, until I run out of that second one so that I'm actually making a yarn that's as long as the longest quill that I started with and that's nice. So just to be more clear about that if I have a couple quills I pull out and one of them's 205 yards and the other one's 170 yards. When I run out of that 170 yard quill, I'll just throw on a new um, quill that has, you know, close to 200 yards. And I'll blend that into that 170 yard and I'll keep spinning until I reach the end of that 205 yard quill. And so the yarn. That then I skein up is 205 yards because between the two quills I started with, that was the longest amount that was on there. And then, uh, even if that takes that new quill I started down to like 180 yards, um, like that's okay because if that 180 yards is the longest, that's how long my next. Uh, skein will be, or if it's not the longest, I always have, like, I always have extra quills to throw in, so I'm never limited by how little, uh, one of the quills has, because I just have a rotating stable of, um, filled quills that I can spin a two-ply to length, because I definitely want all of my, um, skeins to be at about 200 yards, uh, you know, generally speaking. Now, here you can see, I'm going to run out of this one soon. You're starting to see the white of the quill, so you know it's getting close. I won't be out of this one just yet. Um, If I want to, when this one runs out, I can break this one, and that can be the end of the yarn. And then I have just a little bit of yarn here that I could blend in with any other um, quill that got um, low fast. So that's another thing I do: was just have a uh, small quill ready, so that if any um, of my two plies need a little more fiber on one side, and the only reason I can do that is because uh, all of my um, quills are homogenous. You know, all of these singles are like half of a fingering weight, and um, they're spun in a uh, semi worsted um, manner. So they're all going to blend together in two plies without standing out and without looking different. I think think that's the same thing as standing out, but you know what I mean. So what happens is even though I can do a, uh, when I run out of one quill, I could do an Andean bracelet to divide the difference and make sure that I stretch it to where both are even. That's not necessary if I've already done the work of having, um, you know, more fiber on hand that I can blend in for that purpose. I'll tell you another thing too. So let's say I do about a hundred and ten yards on a quill at work, and I think I might be using some of it to ply tonight, and so, I uh, when I leave work, I take that quill off and I bring it with me, right? Well, then I end up not plying, or if I do ply, um, tomorrow when I show up to work, I don't have a quill on my uh, wheel because of the issue, like, because I took the quill with me the night before. Well, I can go ahead and just throw like 70 yards of a single on a new quill. And then when I leave work that second day, I can take that 70 yards. Because essentially what I didn't need to do was leave my... Oh, I broke one maybe. Yeah. Um, What I didn't need to do was leave that quill on work, uh, on the wheel at work. Because I was going to... um, add to it the next day. I can actually take that first quill home. I can spend what I was going to spend the second day, bring it home. I'm not using up bobbins that I have to have free or that I bought. I'm just wrapping paper on there and creating quills as I go. Um, And when I'm plying, they don't have to be a continuous strand since I can um, splice so seamlessly in the two-ply. I can just do little bits as I go along, and just add them to the two-ply as I'm coming home at night. And it really is just open and easy to manage and handle. And uh, yeah, I enjoy it. Alright, so we're at the end of that one, and I did not bring out another one for me to use. I will go ahead and show this two-ply stuff. Um, All right, so I'll leave maybe three or four inches here as I really add a lot of twist to the yarn that precedes it. And then as I go to wind on I'll leave it back a couple inches as I take this other fiber. There's two splits here so I gotta get this one off. Um, I'll take this other fiber and what I'll do is I'll lay it alongside the broken strand, overlap it maybe two inches, and then I'll just add twists with my fingers. And as soon as I just add a little twist, but then lay it alongside of the unbroken line, when I add that counter twist, that's locked in forever and it's indistinguishable from a single strand of yarn that was actually unbroken to begin with. So I will go ahead and do that with this other piece. It's a little more light. It's a little... Zephyr-ish. But... I'll add my counter twist. Which is a... Z-twist. Or, uh, sorry, it's not a counter twist, but a Z-twist. Then I'll add my S-twist. Between the two plies. And that's locked in. And when I get a new... Um, a new quill to add to this one. I'll be able to just splice right in there and we'll be good to go. But because we are done with this part I will slide this off and then I will manually um, work this fiber back down to the quill it came from so that as I lay this on top it can really just go in any Corner or any drawer that I need it to, and it's ready to go back on the wheel when uh, we come back and we're ready to start. Now, in the meantime, I might want to use this wheel to spin, so I'm going to go ahead and slide this quill back on in case I don't want to mess with all of that when it comes time to do a different project. So I will take this drive band. Put it up here take the uh, what did we call it the wing nut off back I was about to call it a butterfly nut but that is not the case And then after we get this wing nut off we just go ahead and slide off that washer take out the drive wheel slide off that washer and when we scissor the frame closed we can put the axle back through the frame, and after putting the two washers over it, we tighten down the wing nut and it's all locked together. And what's nice about this is because of the way these cross beams work, and this, um, the axle that I have running alongside the frame is the one that's furthest away from the frame. So, what you get is this handy handle right here that you can use to carry it around if you're like going to a festival or whatnot. You just hold it by that handle, and you can walk wherever you want with it just down at your side and then when you put it against the wall because of the way this angles you set that side against the wall and it sits there and it won't fall over because that angle makes it lean pretty up and down uh, without making it like want to fall outward I think that's all I got this week but we got a lot done we're almost done with this uh, 2-ply all we have to do Find enough fiber to match this, and we'll finish it up and uh, cake it off, and that'll be it.